Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our consideration today comes from Colossians chapter 1, reading verses 15 through 20. Paul writes, The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. This is God's Word. Let us learn and apply that Word daily in our lives. Dear friends and our Savior Jesus, I have a question to ask you to begin. What is one of the best parts of watching the Super Bowl each year? Uh-uh, guys. Yes, as the choir said, the commercials. If you're like me, my teams don't get there to the Super Bowl anymore, uh, so it's all about watching the commercials. So aside from Super Bowl commercials, do you enjoy advertising? Do you enjoy watching commercials? You know the things that interrupt you in the middle of an exciting episode of whatever you're watching? The thing that you wait impatiently for to resume the storyline in your show. Or maybe you're one of those people who likes to purchase streaming without any ads at all. Or maybe on your phone, you like to, to buy the, spend a couple of bucks and buy the ad-free version of the apps on your phone. Well, whatever kind of person you are, you'd have to admit that advertising commercials can be very appealing. They can grab your attention. They can change and train your minds. For example, crowd participation time. Like a good neighbor, okay, you are disqualified officially. You're letting them. Yes, they got the first one, and now it's all of your turn, guys. Uh -uh. Capital One. What's in your wallet? Good. I'm loving it. Well, you got the jingle. McDonald's, right? And finally, America runs on Duncan. How many of you went four for four? Don't be shy. Okay, congratulations. You have been brainwashed. Or you know a lot about some popular products that have been advertised in the past several years. So no matter what you think about advertising, let's put a positive spin on it this morning. Because advertisements can help us practice good stewardship of the stuff, the wealth that God 
has given us. Advertising can help us get the best deals, save some money, tell us how worthwhile and long-lasting a product is. You can read all about the reviews or hear about all the reviews that, of people who have used a product. You can really tell what the true value of a product is by listening to the commercials. Just like the commercial you heard just a few minutes ago from Paul in Colossians. Did you catch it? If you didn't, don't worry. I'm going to go back to it shortly. But today, pretend you're part of the Colossian congregation there. And if Paul is speaking to us as his target audience, which he is, the tagline, the slogan of his commercial would be, center your life on Jesus, your all-sufficient Savior. So when I spoke those words from Colossians a few minutes ago, were you a little confused at all the different phrases in that section? There's a lot packed in there. Maybe some phrases that we don't hear very often in Scripture. Well, that's fine. Some part of Scripture needs to get uh, explained a little bit, maybe thinking a little more deeply upon. So here's how I address teaching Colossians to my senior religion class at ALA. We come up with a, a simple theme of the book, Colossians, and that could be knowing Christ. So if you truly know Christ, then you might understand that Christ, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the head of the body. But before we dive into a little more of that, let's dive into the hearts and minds of these Colossian Christians that Paul was writing to. What did they know? Well, these Colossian Christians knew that they were sinful human beings. And when they were born, they knew that they were born dead in that sin and they deserved punishment and death in hell. They knew that they were lost and condemned creatures, that they were hopeless and helpless individuals in this world. But they also knew something else. They knew that they were made alive in Christ Jesus by hearing the good news and believing that good news. They knew that they were reborn, that God had declared them not guilty of their sins. They also knew that they were adopted into God's amazing family. So all is well with the Colossian Christians, right? No issues whatsoever. Well, I'm afraid that's, that's incorrect. Because Satan was sneaking some of his own advertisements into their lives as well. And Satan is pretty brilliant with this. He knew exactly what they wanted to hear. He knew what would grab their attention totally. And maybe his advertisement, his commercial to them went something like this. Colossian Christians feel like your life isn't very fulfilling right now. Do you want a sense of accomplishment again? Well, then remember back to the olden days, back to Old Testament, back when we had those ceremonial laws, like resting on the Sabbath. You can do that's going to give you a sense of accomplishment, and God wants you to do that still today. Well, Satan was using false teachers to tell these Colossian Christians that believing in Jesus was not enough for their salvation. They were told to follow those Old Testament ceremonial laws, like resting on the Sabbath, 
And over the top, to detract from Jesus, their all-sufficient Savior, they were urged to worship angels. Satan had a pretty impressive false advertising campaign going among, among these Colossian Christians. And guess what? Satan has not lost his touch at all. Now, he might use different means on us than he did back then to the Colossian Christians, but his goal is very much the same. Pretty simple. To disconnect us from the simple saving message of Christ and what's truly important in our lives. Well, what might that look like? What might that advertising, those commercials, look like in our lives today? Satan's false ad, number one. Possessions are everything. Satan takes something good that God has given us, the wealth that he has blessed us with, and he turns it upside down and says, hey, you want this? Go get this and that and that. And the more you have, the more happy you're going to be. And pretty soon... Jesus is not the center of our lives and possessions are. Well, God, I mean, Satan does not target just us as adults who God has blessed with a lot of stuff. He also targets other generations as well. Have you ever, have you heard of the new generation, Gen Alpha, otherwise known as Generation Glass? It's all those people who have born in the last been born in the last 14, 15 years or so, who have had an iPad or another electronic device in their hand from day one. And studies have already shown that they've lost some critical thinking skills, this Gen Alpha, and their life, practical life skills have suffered as well. So what's the center of their lives? Well, pretty simply, YouTube. Satan's false ad number two. Worry. Maybe you have had some sleepless nights, parents and grandparents, wondering what kind of world that your kids and your grandkids are going to be growing up into today. And yes, it can look downright scary at times, but Satan wants you to think, he tries to convince you that it is absolutely hopeless. And there is no answer for the safety and security of your loved ones. So, since the world is spinning out of control, well, Satan says, fend for yourself. You are on your own to get through this. Satan's false ad number three. And this, this ad is often aimed at college-age students. The false ad of tolerance. Tolerate everyone and everything, since everything goes, anything goes, on the college campus. Tolerance is taught so well on these college campuses today. If God is mentioned, well, no big deal. He loves and accepts everyone for who they are or who they choose to be. Sin doesn't become sin anymore. Truth is whatever you want truth to be for yourself. Science always trumps God's word and its support. Higher secular edu education loves to strip our college kids of their connection to Christ and the truth of his holy word. And when I'm saddened at times, when I hear of an ALA grad who may have lost his faith, 
or shortly thereafter college is wandering aimlessly spiritually at best, you know, I, I really shouldn't be surprised at all because that person has been listening to and is being caught up in the wrong advertising. And finally, a fourth false ad from Satan. Patience is a virtue, but not when it's coming from and demonstrated by Satan himself. Satan can be very, very patient and slow and deliberate in tempting us over time, kind of like an ugly rat slowly gets into that shed of yours in the backyard and nibbles on this and chews on this. And over time, going unnoticed, of course, over time you open that shed and you look and everything is absolutely eaten and destroyed. Not that I would know that at any time. What might that look like, Satan's slow, patient scheme against us? Well, to take a simple example, say you're going on vacation. You're away from your home congregation, Grace, here for maybe one or two Sundays, and Satan's right there with you on vacation saying, hey, you know what, as you choose not to find a worship space for those two Sundays, Satan's right there saying, you know what, yes, enjoy this vacation. You don't need to go to church on vacation because you're on vacation. It's a rest from everything, right? Well, over time, as you're back here at Grace, then you start going to church maybe once or twice a month. And Satan is right there again cheering you on, say, hey, good job. Good job. You are connected to your church. You're connected to God's word faithfully. Once a month, you're doing a good job. And then over time again, you find yourself maybe not going to church at all. And Satan is there right there cheering you on again saying, you know what? Look at your life right now. You're, you're doing pretty good. In fact, you know what, I think you're doing just as good or better now than when you did before when you were going to church. And you know what, hey, if you want to go back later on, the church will always be there. Satan loves to patiently, slowly, deliberately, cunningly, over time, steal the truth of God, God's word, away from us any chance he gets. So the Apostle Paul clears up this whole mess of Satan's false advertising, and he points us to the one and only Savior, where he should. All focus on him. And if, if there were top ten lists back in Paul's day, he certainly would have used them. So let's just go with the top three lists today, where Paul gives us in Colossians reasons why Jesus, we should center our lives on Jesus, our all-sufficient Savior. Reason number one, in no particular order, Paul writes, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. All things have been created through him and for him, and in him all things hold together. Paul is saying to us right here in this commercial of his, Jesus is the real deal. If you want to put your faith in something that's the best, think no further than Jesus himself. He is God. He is the creator of all things, and not just the creator, but the sustainer and preserver of all things in this world. And since he's in control, he sets the limits to the wicked activities of sin, the devil, and this world. And when it seems like the world is spinning out of control, 
Jesus is the much better than gorilla glue that holds everything in place. And that's a promise from God. Reason number two, Jesus is the head of the body. You know, Paul has used this picture many times in his letters before. The illustration of the church as a human body with many parts. All those parts are you and me as believers who are using our gifts that God's given us to serve God and serve everybody around us. And now Paul highlights the head of that body, which is Jesus. Well, what's in the head? Well, it's the brain, the control center. Everything that controls every function of every part of our body. Without the head, the body doesn't exist. Without Jesus, the church does not exist because Jesus is the one who guides it and makes it grow. Jesus is the one who guides us each day with his good and perfect will for our lives. And finally, reason number three Paul gives to us to center our lives on Jesus, our all-sufficient Savior, he says this, For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus, true God made flesh, is the only one who could bring true peace to a sinful, fallen world. Blood had to be shed as the sufficient payment for our sin, and it was Jesus blood that was shed for you and for me. And like many of you have probably heard this phrase before, no Jesus equals no peace. If you know Jesus, you truly have and know the peace that he gives us every single day, not just this life, but for our life to come in heaven. Whether you like it or not, you are surrounded by commercials and advertisements every single day. And while some of those commercials might get you a good deal, save some money, and, and great, and all other commercials, you might get blinded or robbed blindly from some of those commercials, those ads. And when Satan gets into the mix of things and throws his lies and false advertising in our lives too, Remember, there's nothing that's going to serve you better than Paul's commercial right here in Colossians. Is it an amazing deal and a great value? Well, in my opinion, there's nothing better than absolutely free salvation. Is it worthwhile? Do we even need to discuss the, the joys and blessings of heaven versus the torture and pain of hell? Is it long-lasting? Hey, we're in it for the long haul, for an eternity. And if you're all about the rave reviews of a product, well, keep on opening your Bible and reading about how God has showered his blessings on everyone who knows, believes, and trusts in Jesus, their all-sufficient Savior, who lived for you, died for you, and rose again for you, letting you bask in his forgiveness forever and who can't wait to welcome you into the mansions he's prepared for you in heaven. Center your life on Jesus, your all-sufficient Savior. Amen. Please stand.
We'll now confess our Christian faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. You'll find that on the bottom of page 10 in your service folder. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things remain. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. We now have opportunity to give our offerings to the Lord.